Now, don't call it a comeback, we've been here to apps. We're reviewing some film and boosting our reps, making the spoils rain down like a monsoon. Listen to that turismo boom. Our podcast's overpowering, over the competition we tower in. Reckon shop we drop an episode that make you rate the top. Don't you dare stare, you better move, don't ever compare. Me to the rest that'll get... That'll all get sliced and diced. Competition paying the price. I'm going to knock you out, her. Zebra said, knock you out, her. That is a pastiche on the song from Transformers. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember the bit in Transformers where Mama said, knock you out, please? Well, there you go. And, you know, two apps in a row of us, and I thought, you know, don't call it a comeback. We, yeah. Is that, this is, this is is that how rare things. it is now that we actually get together? That it's like a rare, a rare thing exactly. for us to be yeah, two episodes in a row. Know, like Banjo Kazooie, we we rare. So there you go. It's not a comeback. We're here. This is how things are. And this time we'll gear up again. That's missing last time. Was well, missing last time. Um, there it was. We had several complaints from Ofcom, etc. But this time we'll gear up. Did we really? Who, who, who's writing in complaints? I didn't see any complaints in my <laughs> inbox. <laughs> They were, all, they were all from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, Stephen, why do you do that? I'm like, yeah, good point. Um, so, welcome back to the Unfingers Funny Things podcast. I am your host, LL Cool J. Um, <laughs> ladies love cool Stephen this time. Star and of H2O. LL Cool LL, yes, star of <laughs> H, H20, please. H20, <laughs> Halloween, 20 years later. And um, we also have Vaughn. Vaughn, how you I'm, I'm good. I was not ready at all for that intro. Stephen just logged on and Thank said, you. I wrote an intro. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. Well, you know, we've, when a song is used in a Transformers movie, you've got to get to it. Um, so, on today's episode, um, we're going to take a break from our usual Finn Lizzy rip um, Finn Lizzy recap podcast and Renfield <laughs> recap podcast. And we're going to talk about three new releases. So we have, in no order, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, in which the beasts definitively don't rise, but that's the title anyway. Um, we have Extraction 2, or as it calls on territory, Tyler, Tyler Rake, Rake 2. <laughs> 2 <laughs> which is... Great title. And we also have Paul Schrader's Master Gardener, which I think will saved until last. Okay. Um, because we'll have a wider Paul Schrader conversation to make that conversation worthwhile. Um, we've both just watched Master Gardener, and we'll get to that later. Yes, watched it this um, morning. It's real fresh. Oh, real fresh in my what mind. A mor- what a great morning movie. Yeah, I don't know about um, that. You know, the early bird catches the worm, etc., etc., in the garden. There you go. Horticultural references coming thick and fast. So, um, just start with Extraction 2. Sure, let's start with Extraction 2. Let's... Yes. It's well, weird to Calvin say... calls it Extra Action, which... Yes, it is... You get a lot of that. Yeah. Especially with 2, it's Extra Action, like, on top of the first one. I feel like there's a lot more extra, action in this. Extra Action. And it is it is Extra Action to the first one. Um, what is your mileage with Extraction 1? So this is a... Russo written but not directed. Yeah, directed um, by Sam Hargrave, movie. who I think is like a stunts guy, kind of like a Chad yeah. Stahelski. Um, yes, it, well, that's the image, isn't it? Of you know, Stahelski shows that they can um, be promoted from the stunts, dare I say, into the big leads of directing John Wick movies, and obviously went very, very well. Fabulous films. And then you've got Extraction One. What did you think of Extraction One? Saw Extraction when it came out in 2020 yep. and didn't like it very much uh i will That's say okay. like i was not quite as deep into the the action genre at the time so i was kind yeah. of 
I kind of thought Extraction 2 is coming out. I've heard a couple of good things. Maybe this I'll have I'll, maybe I'll have different mileage with this one now that I just appreciate the the action itself a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, and maybe it won't have the racism filter over everything of its a foreign yeah, just, country. So it's yeah, just that first movie is, is ugly. Um, and, and yeah, the first yeah, movie, the yes. I mean, I guess both movies really are. The whole thing was we did a big, big long take, except they didn't really. Um, yeah. Uh, and it felt very superfluous. In that first film, that long take felt like, look, we've got a long take. Yes, very much. In our movie. And it wasn't really additive to the action scene. Um, which is how, which is very very often the case of the camera keeps rolling but it doesn't really keep rolling right. and it's there to make BuzzFeed style articles of you won't believe in this movie there's a blah blah minute long take. Yeah. I will say I didn't I didn't really have a big problem with the the one take in the first movie. I mean obviously they're not really one takes. It's just edited in a specific way and they they the the cut is still hard. Um, yes, yeah, certainly still still a challenging thing to set up. But I feel like it's a uh, it's a bit misleading when they advertise it as we did this, you know, 20 minute take. And I'm like, you didn't really do a 20 minute take. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I kind of like the one in the first movie. Um, it's not great. And you're right that it doesn't like serve the action in that sequence. But I feel like it's more fitting um, and it's not extremely long. I don't know what's going on over there. Steven seems to be adjusting things. <laughs> I can't. Oh, is he, we having he, we having headphone problems? Steven's in a in a like a temporary setup in a hotel room today. Now I can't hear him, and I don't think he can hear me. Or maybe now it's he can hear me, but I can't hear him. Okay, don't know what's going on. Can't wait to cut all this out <laughs> so seamlessly. <laughs> extraction. Um, so yeah, extraction one um, has one scene which is worth talking about. There's a bit where a guy gets like a ironically i guess not ironically but serendipitously perhaps coincidentally a rake through their neck which absolutely ruled um that bit totally great racist filter bad um i would say of both films so spoilers that um it's not a miscasting as hemsworth because he can do this and he's good at this yeah but he can do more than this and yeah. that's the missed thing of he is he is good at this but kind of anyone would be and he has a charm and charisma that is so untapped by these films of I don't want this to be irreverent. I don't want it to be jokey, but yeah. it could have a, a slight wink to it or a slight. I mean, the best action films have a visual wit to them, even in their choreography. I mean, John Absolutely. Woo films yeah. definitely do, and John Wick definitely does. Yeah, there's tons of comedy um, in John Wick. Yeah, of like the idea that fight choreography is is a dance, but it's also a sense of being like Buster Keaton style yeah, yeah. comedic choreography. That a lot of Buster Keaton jokes are just being like actually it's the action of it as opposed to it's a punchline. Um and extraction just completely lacks that for me. There is no wink or nudge or little sly gesture. There is no lightness mm -hmm. to its heaviness. Um it's very self serious. Makes it dour. Even the Raid Two, which is a very, very serious movie, um to a fault, I would say, though I do really, really like the Raids too. There are points where it gets a bit lost in itself and its its, its tonality <laughs> has a bit of a nudge to the choreography that is fun. Yeah, and definitely. Extraction 2 is a good movie with good choreography, but not really fun choreography. I don't know, do you, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely agree. I, I don't think that it really ever reaches that point of fun for me either which is mm. kind of my problem with it like i i a lot yeah. of the positive reviews that i saw in advance of seeing it were 
kind of just like praising how like gnarly and intense the action was which to me i'm like all right i'm you know i'm in that sounds great and it hits that at points but like because it's just all of it's so self-serious and it Mm. never reaches that point of like let's have a little bit of levity like even when you have that gritty action stuff like i'm like either you need to like something like the night comes for us like the the way that the action in that movie is like gritty and gory is like so it's to a point where it's like comedic because it's so intense well that's you know the evil I mean? dead thing isn't it of the yeah. Evil dead one is a comedy film because it becomes slapstick because as sam Raimi has said these are custard pies but it is like gore instead of like um custard right. flying everywhere so there is the sense where something becomes so intense I think Kill List is like that at points, mm. where it becomes so intense that it becomes kind of darkly funny. Yeah. But there is a grim sincerity to extraction. And I think it's aesthetically driven. I think the aesthetic is yeah, so yeah. bland militaristic and dull. And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. So pointlessly militaristic. It's like, it's dour, um, which is not what I'm there for. Yeah, so that's that's really it for me, is I'm like, you either need to really lean into it and just make it, like, full-on, like, gory and nasty, which, like, mm. it hits at a couple of points, like, when there's, during the big extraction sequence, like, he literally, like, rips which a dude's hand in half, good. which that is great, excellent. and I'm like, I want this to be everything, like, it just hits yeah. that so rarely that I'm like, I want more of this, and it's not, yeah. it's not enough of it. I think my big problem with extraction, too, which is something I think is ultimately good, is... The first twenty-five minutes are terrible. It's um, yeah, really rough and and, 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 and uh, unnecessary. It sets up mm-hmm. just these pointless amount of like continuity and stakes of so he died in the previous film, but now it's like oh he did in that Moriarty um, yeah. Sherlock Holmes being like oh he didn't quite die because we needed to make another one. Right. And this film could literally start with the prison escape sequence, and mm-hmm. it would be better without context because you would roll with it. And the added context dilutes the sequence because it gives it stakes which are distracting and because the characters are distracting. Yeah. And also you are so inured when the sequence comes, you're like, oh, finally. But also you're like, oh, I am I'm a bit clocked out. Every time there is not action in this film, I am so it's bored and so I'm bad. so uninterested. And it's really, really bad because it doesn't look good. And yeah. every time there is action, it is beyond proficient, but not great because we're saying it lacks personality but it's really well done yeah it's Um, kind of like that where like it's just proficient and it doesn't mm. go above that to any degree and i'm like this is good action but it's very good because it's so weighed down by everything else which i do not like at all i I just it's hard for me to get invested in any of the action like you said like first of all there is all of this front-loaded exposition which is just Terrible. nothing i i don't i don't care it's fine i he's alive at the end of the last they they basically show that he is not completely dead at the end of the last movie i get that he's alive it's fine you also don't really have to explain it he can just be alive it does not matter yeah, yeah cut forward flash the stuff back later it's absolutely fine just right I, they have all this most movies should start with a bang action movies especially 100 percent. it's like they have all this dumb bullshit where it's like he's now he's like retiring and he's got to go to some secluded cabin in the middle of nowhere and then Idris Elba shows up to recruit well, him for I'm one last Idris mission. Elba. I'm just like, oh my god. Because I have been on record not a huge Idris Elba defender because I don't think he's, yep. a, he's a great actor. But he Idris Elba has charisma yeah, um, and brings a style to his role in his two scenes which the rest of the film sincerely lacks of like he is charming and suave it's that it's that james bond style of being like exactly there's a a suaveness to you 
and Tyler Rake is not suave or interesting. No. He is just the person that punches. And that, like, he is so completely devoid of personality to me mm. that, like, that was my main problem with the first movie. Yeah. Was, Tyler I Rake don't won. like this character, and there's not really any justification for why he's the main character. Like, he's just he there. Him. And it's even worse because of, like you said, the, the racist filter. Like, he's in this... Yes this other place and it's, he's it's surrounded Dash mostly i think yeah like um, he's surrounded by other characters but he's kind of just seems like he's important because he's the white guy and you're like i don't yeah. like all of the people that he's working with i like more and are more interesting mm. and i'm like i want to see the action movie with these people i don't care about tyler rake and the same <laughs> kind of holds true here tyler rake's a real novel roth as you said earlier like that, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the problem with him um yeah. We'll get to that later, but yeah. yeah. I'll let Jesus, Jesus Christ. So yeah, I mean, um, you're you're front-loaded with just tons of exposition and stuff that I don't care about before you finally get to the first big action sequence. And then the first big action sequence is the extremely long wonder, which I, I actively do not like in this movie. Oh, really? I, I thought that first action sequence was, was, was excellent. I really, really enjoyed the way... I. I spoke to someone on my comment section of I felt there was a time, so I don't know if you remember this, when Uncharted 2, the video game came out, um, okay. which which I, because I was a huge fan of Uncharted 1 because mm-hmm. I'm a hipster like that, and I pre-ordered Uncharted 2, got it a couple <laughs> days early, absolutely loved it, um, reviews came out were like, this is great, and the, the dialogue at the time was Uncharted 2, the video game, is is copying action movies and for the past few years, I have just felt like We've now come full circle, where the action <laughs> movies that I'm watching are just taking bits of Uncharted 2. Like there are several just like straight up ripped Uncharted 2 sequences in this long action scene. Really, um, that train sequence is just oh that's oh, the, yeah. the, that's the train from Uncharted 2. It feels like that was not any copying films. It was just a great action sequence that they could do because it was all digitized and you can just choreograph right. it in a digital engine. And now it's films just like. What if we just did the Uncharted thing? Um, so there you go. That, that's, that's my Uncharted 2 among films, isn't it? <laughs> um, Great video game. Yeah, I never played that. I have like the collection on, on PS4, and I played the first game, but I didn't Which is great. continue um, through. Um, it was good. I liked it a lot. I, just... I bet Uncharted 2 still holds up incredibly today. And that's a I really bet it does, exceptional yeah. video game. Um, but yeah, I just didn't care that much for that sequence. I mean, it's it's basically the same problem as the first movie, where it's this this Why extended. Why like then? Because for me, that was that was the good bit of the film, and the rest of it was just like. <laughs> I wouldn't eh, say I like this was... film. It's just kind of serviceable. I I would not okay, say that I, I, I like the... this film. Okay, then I guess we probably agree. Because for me, I thought that sequence was a really good escalation. I was really impressed by the way it kept handing off the camera to new perspectives. I really enjoyed that of being like, and now they fight for a bit, and now they fight for a bit, and though I thought every scene in it was riffing on something. So Uncharted 2 slash the Department Mission Impossible at the end, and there's a bit of the Department Mission Impossible mm. in, that, in that train sequence, there's the raid um, prison fight yep. um, is, is, is definitely there. It was riffing on modern action staples in a way that is lesser than them, but yep. is still dynamic and, and, and fun. And I did really enjoy the the camera can go anywhere and that's something else. And I really felt the, the fake wanna added to the and you're keeping watching and you're keeping watching and this is still going and this is still going it, it felt additive and it felt good yeah and it seems like i'm kind of the only one on this side of it so i mean maybe i'm just i you know i'll I'm willing to accept that, <laughs> that i might just be kind of wrong but like that was what <laughs> I, I wanted to like that sequence because it seemed so cool but like to me the the camera felt like it just muddied everything okay. and 
I wanted to enjoy the action stuff and there were bits of it that I did enjoy but like I felt like the focus was all on what is the camera doing check out how the camera is okay. you know doing I, this I didn't feel that cool for once, and I I usually am very kind of yeah. like over receptive to that I mean I don't like 1917 very much for that reason I mean Emma brings up the best point about 1917 there's that one scene 1917 where the form of the film ruins it it's, it's when he goes in to get the milk and he walks outside and there's that like innocent person that's going to get shot inside and because there's a camera operator behind him the door can't shut so it just oh, yeah. leaves the door open and then was like well there you go that that, that, that right. doesn't work like that that's a betrayal of character and narrative of this this gimmick doesn't work for the film right and i'm totally with her on that and in this one i was like i am very aware this is a fake one shot yeah. i'm very aware it's gimmick but i i feel the the freedom of movement adds to the scene and I think that, for me, was gained by the the swapping perspectives. This is, I think, what, what made it cool. Of being like, oh, now we're over here. And now we pass back to Tyler Rake. And now Tyler Rake keeps going. Yeah, like, I think, I do think something like that can be done well. I don't think it's not done well. I just think that, like, the, the, the points where it's very obviously mm. cutting to me were, like, okay. just a little too glaring. And I was, like, I felt like a lot of the scenes, like, where there was action that I was enjoying. I was, like, <laughs> so I would... like, again... Nineteen when the camera does a whole like spin around for a bit. We're gonna spin around and spin around. Oh, there's a <laughs> right. plane in the sky. But like, yes, I know you were setting up something. Um, yeah, like it's it's always <laughs> it's always trying to set up for the next thing, and I feel like I'm you're, you're not wrong. Like I'm always playing catch up with the camera rather than being able to focus on the actual action, and it's not filming the action in a way that like actually serves the action itself it's just focusing on how do we get this camera through the scene and do these things so it's like i can understand like probably watching it again i think i could appreciate the motion of the camera itself but like yeah when i'm looking for how do i i want to look at the action and actually like be able to piece apart the action and, and focus mean, on that and i wasn't getting i, I don't think you are wrong and i feel we have become up for an ass with these like wanna stuff because i think there is an element for people like us where there is the technically pulling this off is impressive and that is appealing. Yeah. Um, and yes, faking it is still hard, but there is something... So the, the Altman film, the player of that, that opening scene, which is done legitimately, dare I say, of the passing characters, you're just like, I can't believe the camera is still right. running. This is so impressive. And Touch of Evil, the same. And it's a joke on Touch of Evil. Of, and there is a difference of it's become an aesthetic. And yeah, I, and it it is pointless showboating. And you're right in that it's not always added to action of being like this keeps running, but is it supposed to show this? And I go back to Tenant. Um, so Tenant, Tenant, sorry, it's not a film I like very very much. And the point that I go to is there's that um, scene of the plane crashing, and because he feels the need to film it all practically, and that's right. a that's a constraint. The camera has to stay in one place, and it's just not the best way to that scene. It just isn't. Yeah, um, fair. And yeah. And that's the thing of these one shots of they're so caught up with trying to mimic the style of the one happening that it's like this would be more dynamic and interesting if the camera could focus on an impact and there's room for both. Um, Harry Kiri is now back in back in the zeitgeist because it's back to the letterbox top yep. film ever and that has some really long takes of sword fighting but it knows when to cut for the impact shot and there needs to be that idea of and in that French New Wave way of you can use editing to contrapoint to right. punctuate to accentuate of we need to use all the tools of cinema sometimes as opposed to just like pulling back and being like look the camera's still going like great cool but this will be better if every now and then you betrayed that to cut to an impact shot 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's the difference between are we putting a wonder in this scene or, you know, making that a focus because that serves the film that we're trying to make and it actually yeah. serves the narrative or are we constructing an entire film out of how do we get the longest one or sequence that we possibly can so they can be a buzzfeed sub article of there right. is a blah minute long take in right because like that's it it's like a new film from netflix it's just this marketing point of like we did yeah. this cool thing and we this time it's 20 minutes long and it's like but it's yeah. not really 20 minutes long and you've built the whole <laughs> film around this one sequence and it leaves everything else just kind of by the wayside of like you've got all this pointless exposition and stuff because you've got to build up to your one big moment. My feeling of the film at the end was, which I, I, I did like, I didn't, I didn't like love, but I did, I did like it, is it showed me it could do non-stop action very, very well. To which my conclusion is, then why do you keep stopping? Yeah. Of, if, if you can keep, there is enough action in this film to support a feature-length film and it just doesn't need these pauses. Nothing has gained. No. And it, no. It feels a result of streaming, of they know you're not giving it attention the whole time, so it's mm. built so you can phase in and out of it. It is built so you can talk for a bit for some yeah. minutes, because you've just you've argued for 25 minutes about what film to put on, you're not really paying attention, you're still preparing a cup of coffee or whatever, and then you go, oh, we're watching it now for a bit, and it, it, it feels positioned towards the half-attention economy, which is fine, that's why it's being watched by a lot of people, but it does not make for cinema. Yeah, the, the pacing of the whole thing is just really dreadful to me. It's yeah. just like all over the place and there's so much just totally extraneous stuff that I don't know why it's in the movie at all. There's so much like backstory of the villains and I'm just like the oh, whole time, every time it cuts back to it, I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. This does not matter. I don't know why you're trying to like endear me to the it's villains. So, it's so like, aesthetic I don't... though. I think there is, an, there is a type of person that aiming that just likes it to be heavy and grimdark and right. that's what it's going for being like yeah someone is in a pub somewhere being like this is guy right his name's like graham rake or whatever his name is what's his first name tyler <laughs> tyler his name's tyler rake and like this happened to him and this and this and then he punches this dude and like it is there for those kind of conversations of and he's the it's it's the cool dutyification of of, of cinema in that way yeah of, yeah it's hardcore and it's hardcore it's very manufactured yeah, and you've got all these just, there's so many characters and it tries to make them all like full characters and I just don't know why. I'm like, these, <laughs> yeah. these characters don't don't matter and I just like, yeah, I know they don't matter. now, why not, you know? Right, I'm just like, okay, yeah, very, so much of it is just like totally unnecessary. I don't like dislike the movie because the action is, no. it's solid. There's there's good yes. moments in it. There's a, there's a scene where he throws a guy onto a treadmill. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like there's good moments and when I, I feel like when it's not trying to do the one take thing and it's just like filming the You're action, there's some really yeah. great like camera work and stuff and I'm like, just do that the whole time. Cut yeah. all the fat out, make it way more action intensive and just do cool camera stuff that's not worried about like how how can I advertise the crazy camera thing we did. So I felt like when I watched the raid two that I wasn't a huge fan of the in between the fight scenes bit because it was very faux operatic and not well written but i actually liked it because i needed a break from the action yeah because the action was that intense but felt like it felt to be a video game person like i need a cutscene here because that level has just like that that was tough and i need to pause and i really appreciate that here and here i'm like no you, you you're not there you are not yes you're not at the point where I yeah 100 you you have to i mean like the best action definitely has like an ebb and flow of things where you're yeah. like there's peaks and valleys and it's like which even stuff that's like why feels... i'm not a big night comes first person i know that you are that's why i'm mm. just like for me that is just it's not 100 there and i don't have stakes in it so i'm just like okay well one side's winning but cool 
which is fair but like that movie to me i'm just like the action is that's the same thing where i'm like it leans into it so heavily and it's just like we're just mm. gonna go all out and wild and i'm just like yeah i'm just here for the action <laughs> you're right the rest of it i'm like whatever but it's not forefronted to the point where i'm like yeah. it's dragging the rest of it down yeah. so yeah do do more yeah. with this extraction two extraction three be better um I don't have high hopes because <laughs> like I watched this movie and I just to me it's a Sam Hargrave movie so I kind of forgot about the Russo's involvement and then it hit the credits nah. and it was like written by Joe Russo and I'm like oh everything makes oh, sense now that's why yeah. I that's why I hate the writing <laughs> it's better than the gray man yeah I mean yeah have, have, have any filmmakers of his memory listeners respond if you wish to being like elevated beyond their skill set um, more than the Russo's of like they have one good movie and it's a movie I really really like but they have a they have a good film yeah and it's like it almost feels accidental at this point like i'm like how much of that was actually so. them yeah. you know i don't know it's hard or to say it? with, with we those need to do something giant, more interesting yeah. at this point yeah yeah they are yeah their name means and i think the name is increasingly meaning nothing as as it goes forwards yeah, I would agree. Um, which which is at least some kind of comic justice um so transforms rise of the beasts um transformers I, as people may or may not know i love transformers absolutely love and i think this is like a, su- a surprise to the to the to the vaughns of the world because they're like why does steven love transformers <laughs> i love transformers um so so much um, Big they fan. are robots they turn into goddamn vehicles and it's so hardcore that they do i can i can list my favorite transformers about who is in the movie i can complain about how transformers are wrong in this film i'm that annoying person that's been like why is that character mirage why is that mirage that's not mirage that is jazz like when that car appeared in this film i was like oh, jazz is back love jazz and they're like i'm oh, mirage i'm like you are not mirage mirage is a different car who the hell are you um and also the worst character of the film i hate mirage this movie so much um so the bayhem um as it's called of sure. the first going back four, to the yeah the original Oh, no, he did, did not direct five. I don't remember. There's five of them, isn't there? Wait, yeah, no, five. You're right. So I've I've seen all of them. Have you? I have seen the first three. I didn't see okay. uh, dinosaur robots or uh, King Arthur robots. Okay, cool. So Transformers One, I very guiltily like. That is a guilty like of me. That's my only guilty pleasure because usually okay. I'm like, if I like it, I like it. But that movie, watched the cinema when I, I was the right fair. age to watch it. <laughs> to watch the like. Watched it like four times at the cinema at least. I was just like, yeah, I was. What year did that come out? 2006, maybe? I was like 14. I think. Okay. <laughs> um, I was. That was maybe not I'm, 2009. Maybe oh, maybe it's 2007. Maybe we're in between there. I'll look it up. Uh, 2007. Okay. Okay. Right in between. So, yeah, I was, I was about 15. That makes sense. I was about 15. Um, was just like, yeah, this is, this is great. Love this so much. Love that film. Um, have not revisited it. <laughs> well, not. Probably not but, worth it, no. But then the year later, I watched Revenge of the Fallen and decided at, at age 16, it was the worst film I've ever seen in my life. So already I was just like, this, oh God, no. Um, and stopped the franchise there. Um, but saw Bumblebee in the cinema. And as a fan of the Transformers cartoon shows, specifically G1 and specifically Transformers Cybertron, which is a great cartoon, um, I was pumped for Bumblebee because that was, I remember leaving Bumblebee um, with my wife, Emma, and just saying, I wish this film came out when I was 15 because then I wouldn't feel guilty about liking it. This is the mm. film that I wish came across that point because I'd like, this is really good and speaks to me as a fan. Um, so Transformers is bad, but I like it. Revenge okay. of the Fallen is terrible. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. The third movie is... So it's, it's the... I get them all mixed up now. The third movie is the one where 
it's got Megatron shoots the Lincoln Memorial, right? Is that what happens? Is that Dark do you of the me Moon? To, do you want me to read you the synopsis of Dark it's of the dark, Moon? Dark, yeah, no, it is. Okay, that one bit. Don't we, Just read my reviews of these films. They're more worthwhile than synopsis. <laughs> okay. Um, the movie is not very good. It's like conspiratorial nonsense, but it is kind of so fever dreamishly nonsense that I almost kind of like it. And mm. that one scene with Megatron, fucking Megatron, walks into <laughs> the, the Lincoln Memorial, shoots it, and just sits on the chair. I'm like, you know, that that as a visual is so powerful that I can't I can't completely <laughs> hate this movie. Um, the next one, which I guess you haven't seen, I no, I think Extinction. that's I think that's Dinosaur Robots, yeah. Kind of not, though, is the problem. Um, oh, Age, okay. of, Age of Extinction has a, a grooming subplot that I'm like, why is this in what? this movie? Yeah. It, it... So that's yeah. the, first, the first Marky Mark movie, and Marky yes. Mark will come up again in this podcast because he is mentioned by name in <laughs> Rise of the Beasts in a very he confusing sure gesture. What a strange moment. Um, so yeah, Marky Mark is used because Michael Bay decides that Shia LaBeouf is too problematic, good, but then casts someone convicted of racist hate crimes. Interesting. Um, so I don't know how that adds up. So yes, Mark Wahlberg is your non-problematic Shia LaBeouf replacement. And Megan Fox is gone because if you remember, Megan Fox called Michael Bay a Nazi. No, that was in... She was gone in the third movie. Yeah, this is the third movie to work. No, this is... Age of Extinction is the fourth. Oh God, okay. She's gone. She's still gone. <laughs> she's still... Well, she's still... She's still gone. Yeah, she's yeah, she called Michael Bay a Nazi. Two. Um, she called Michael Bay a Nazi. Um... Yeah, and then I remember um, in the in the third movie there was like a whole scene at the beginning where they shit on Michael Megan Fox's character. Yeah, they really, like, really do, and it's really, really horrible. It feels really nasty. Um, so in this one, there is a ongoing plot where some guy appears, and they establish that he is over twenty and that he is dating the sixteen or seventeen year old daughter of Mark Wahlberg. And the arc of the film, right, is that Mark Wahlberg is only protective parent that won't let his kid date. Which the arc there is, he's to learn to like go a little bit. But it does that through hmm. her being groomed. <laughs> so okay. it is the cool. most. And every now and Thanks, then, like, I know, every now and then the guy's just been like, they, so they're on the run, and he comes back and he's got like some tic tacs, and they're like, he's like, what? Well, I know it's mouthwash. And he's like, why did you get mouthwash? He goes, so I can make out with your daughter. I'm like, Oh can, we, can we stop this? Can we stop this? <laughs> please. Can we please stop this? Like, there, this, none of this needed to be in the film. No. Like, also, none of the none of the actors of this age, obviously. So, this is so easily fixed in script. Just being like, let's just change. Have you seen Last House on the Left? No, I haven't. Okay, strange, strange comparison. But Last okay. House on the Left, a interesting film. It very much opens in this rape revenge movie. Apologies, listeners, by establishing, by the way, the main character is underage. The main character is underage, by the way. The main character is underage, and it so goes out of its way to do that that it becomes right. really, really upsetting in ways it should not be. And I don't want to be thinking of Last House on the Left when I'm watching a goddamn Transformers movie. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think you. <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. what you want to be doing. This isn't. This isn't late night trains, Vaughn. I don't. What? Late night trains is a video nasty, which is Last House on the Left remade, okay. but on a train. Gotcha. Okay. It's not a good movie. It's a really nasty movie, and not in the fun nasty. So yeah, oh, okay. that's a bad Transformers movie. The next one is bad. But I can't hate it because oh, Sir Anthony Hopkins so doesn't care about the movie and keeps just like 
flagrantly mispronouncing like the major words and he's like megatron it's <laughs> just like he so doesn't care well, i wouldn't it's, either it's, it's kind of brilliant is, am i correct like, i i think the only thing i know about transformers the last night am i correct yeah. that there is a scene in which the transformers fight in world war ii yeah it, it definitely i may i reckon i was posting about this so it, it, it confirms the transformers have been there for a long time then it, it does that eternals thing of being like I guess Optimus Prime didn't stop the Holocaust. Um, interesting. Like, it, it, right. it, it, so there is there is Bumblebee in World War Two, and it's like so we have transforming robots, but we still okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, so are so. these all? As a, as someone who's seen them all, are these all mm. supposed to be one timeline? Or are yes, they? They are. They are because Bumblebee <laughs> okay. is the same. Because even in Bumblebee, the good movie, they give the backstory for why he can't talk, which is then a major plot point in Transformers One through Five. Yes. So, Continues. and he's the same design. So he is he is the consistency, but Optimus Prime changes design. But Bumblebee stays the same. Right. Yeah. I, it just doesn't make the timeline makes no sense to me at all. No. Uh, but I also haven't seen some of them, so I didn't know if it made more sense. But did you I see? Bum- did you see Bumblebee? I haven't seen Bumblebee. It's, it's one that I would like to movie. have seen because I've heard great things I, about it. But. I don't think you would love it like I love it because Probably I don't think not, you have the, the attachment to the franchise. But you would, you'd be like, it is a girl and her horse movie, but what car. if that horse was a transforming car? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, I'll and, it's a, and it's a really fun like swapping of gender roles in that kind of like baseline way, but it understands the audience's children and adults that like Transformers, and that's yeah. what it needs to be. And it also, the story is driven by the robot as opposed mm. to the other movies where it's it's that kaiju thing of there is a human story and a robot story and they don't really inter, in, like, interrelate. And yeah, they, they I feel are like both they had wasting to, each other's time. I feel like they had to keep inventing reasons for why Sam Witwicky was so important. And I'm like, I do, who cares oh. about this character? <laughs> like, yeah, when he can't get a job in the third one, it's like, I don't care. I, <laughs> I dislike you. Please don't get a job. Um, I was really excited for Rise of the Beasts. You were. Because, you were very excited. Um, I was really excited. I sense a review of it. Um, I wish this movie was good because it's bad. <laughs> that, that was my takeaway. I really wish it was a good movie because it sucks. And I, I kind of was hoping that you could come in and disagree because I did not like it at all, as I mentioned on the last podcast. No. And I was hoping that Stephen, with his his love of Transformers, could come in and tell me why it's good. But when when you left the the cinema and sent us a message that said, "Yeah, this movie is not good," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> now I know it's, it's bad. It's really not good. It's really depressing." I. I like how it starts, and I like the first maybe 15, 20 minutes, even though it's not great. I was like, oh, this is fine. Because um, it's got a bit of a style to it. So, also, as a fan of 90s East Coast hip-hop, if you start with Cream and then you go into Rebirth of Slick, the Diggable Planet song, I'm like, oh, you're making a Steven movie. Fantastic. So you've got this kind of fun heist scene, which is a kind of fun scene, where he's playing Rebuffer Slick as he's going to steal a Transformer, which I'm like, it's jazz, the Transformer. And then when it's revealed it's not jazz, the movie takes a, when it's a, a big Davidson downhill thing. instead. Oh, God, which is embarrassing. Um, that This film could have worked, completely could have worked. Really? If it, uh, it should not be a Beast Wars film at all. Okay. Get rid of the beasts. They have no business being in here. Okay. I think keep the main character and his family. I like the main and, character. He's not bad. And actually make it about him and his family. In the Heights guy? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's such a weird, like, tertiary thing that they keep talking about his family. And it's just like, I'm just kind of like, this isn't the same kind of, same kind of thing as Extraction, where they're just giving all this backstory. And I'm like, this isn't really seem that important, and it never really becomes important. And it has a great America is a dystopia point at the end, which I know the oh NHS is dying. Oh my god, it does. I know the NHS is dying, but when the horrible, fake FBI, CIA oh business are like, thanks to us, because you saved the world, your kid brother gets healthcare, I'm like, my dude, that should be a right for everybody. That like, is stop exactly... This. I'm sitting there in the theater, and the movie it cuts to that point, and like, then it ends. And I, I looked at I looked at Mall, and I was like, "This is this is this is the movie. Is America is a country where to get healthcare, you have to save the world, not only the world, the the universe. You <laughs> right. save every possible world in existence from a planet-eating monster, and then." Your brother that has sickle cell um, leukemia, or, or but it was also it like it's it's extra weird because that was just like a bonus at the end. Like that was not yeah. his goal when he was doing it. He wasn't like I need to save my brother. It was just like he did it to save the world. And then at the end, they're like, "Oh, don't worry, we got your brother." And it's like, "Oh, okay." So I think my problem was I quite liked the beginning, but I kept saying this isn't a Transformers film. <laughs> of I quite like him because he's he's pretty good. Yeah. And I quite like the low stakes of I'm going to do a heist and I'm not getting job interviews. And I thought it wasn't written very well, but it was pretty decent and it's getting a more mainstream audience and it and this stuff isn't bad. And yeah. I liked the hip-hop needle dropped and I was like, this has a bit of a style to it. The other main character I thought was really badly framed of it's got the... It's just, it's just such bad writing of she mm-hmm. is an apprentice at this museum, but because she's the main character she is able to have a degree of scientific knowledge beyond everybody else in the establishment and can work out oh a thing God. and just like I, I hate this stuff like if she's down to earth like struggling how do i get this job then be consistent to that don't make her also i'm the best archaeologist in the world it's literally like every single scene in the entire movie is just like deus ex machina of like yeah conflict happens and then two seconds later they're like and we got it we figured it out they're like yeah. okay we have to scour the whole planet for the second half of the key, and we're, we have yeah. no idea where it is. And then oh, two and seconds she, later, she's like, goes, "It's oh, in I Peru." Know where it is. It's in Peru. And I'm like, "Yeah, how did you like, know that?" <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, well, the best examples when they say there's no way to stop this, and then someone goes, "Oh, actually, we did put in a failsafe code. We did actually do that, just so you know. But we've got a code for it. We didn't know it. Oh, I've got it. Oh, there's no way. But there is a tunnel, and it's it conveniently right, which shaped. is so weird. I'm like, okay. And then they have like the, all the blueprints and the plans. Like, okay, you go up this tunnel, but in the end, to enter the all co- Optimus like, Prime does is just shoot it, and it's like, well, you could have anyone could have done that at any point. Yeah, that's that was what I thought at the end too, because the end happens where they're like, oh no, the code didn't work." let's just destroy it but i thought that earlier they established that destroying it would like blow up the whole planet or something i don't know i thought the idea was that they didn't want to destroy it because optimus prime wanted to go home but then he oh, decides yeah, that right. he doesn't want to go home but i'm like i what you optimus can just make prime stuff is up i don't get so inconsistent in this movie i'm not a transformers I, fan so i don't have like oh he should optimus be this prime way, but like no i, I do I hate, I, I hate myself for this optimus <laughs> prime is like a hero optimus prime is the greatest goddamn dude and the holiday of optimus prime is he is heroic and he believes in equality um yes he's a hierarchical general but his idea is till all are one his quote yeah. is freedom is the right of all sentient beings is his two quotes are to all are one and freedom is the right of all sentient beings and he spends most of the movie just being a human racist being like i hate humans like yeah he his hates art humans in the, the film is becoming optimus prime optimus prime's arc should not be becoming optimus prime he's optimus goddamn prime 
Right, and he's already, like, yeah, it's not like he's introduced as, like, a new, he's already, like, the general guy, he's already in charge of all of them, but, like, all I, of them hate him for Vaughan, some reason. I know, I know what you're saying, Vaughn. You're, what you're saying is, this isn't the 1986 Transformers cartoon where Hot Rod becomes uh, Rodimus Prime and takes Rodimus on Prime. the Matrix of leadership. This isn't Rodimus Prime. Um, Optimus Prime <laughs> dies in that movie. Transformers names are, are my favorite thing. It's when they're just, oh. like, there's scenes where they're just, like, rambling off jargon in Transformers speak, and I'm just like, what Ultra the fuck Magnus is anyone not... talking about? Ultra Magnus should be in these movies. There was a point where they wanted to fly somewhere, and they said they're going to have a plane coming in. And, I mean, Vaughn, you know, you know Transformers. Back in the day, yeah. Decepticons are planes, and Autobots right. are cars. That's yeah. how you know they're evil. But, exactly. of course, Astro Train. Astro Train absolutely rules. Astro Train is a three-way Transformer. He's a robot. He is a train, or he is a space shuttle. And I was like, oh my god, they're going to get an Astro Train. I'm so excited. It's not Astro nope. Train. Big, no. big Scottish giant junker oh. cargo plane. <laughs> Which, speaking to that, also, Transformers got woke and broke. We know this. But the point where Transformers got woke and broke for me um, is... I hope we're going to think of the same scene. The VW Bug. Oh my god. Who has, for some reason, in a pretty offensive way, adopted... Dude, what? The Spanish adopted accent? Per- <laughs> adopted what he would depict as a local Peruvian accent, yet has not... Yet, okay, this is this is why this scene doesn't work at all, because the joke is no, it makes the main no character sense. speaks Spanish to him, and he goes, yeah. well, it's pretty racist you'd think that. And I go, no, I don't think it is racist that you would no, only it makes in no Peru sense. and not learn the language. It's really right. weird that you were like, I'm going to speak English to everybody. You are from Cybertron. Like, you could speak any language on this world. We're like, no, I speak English. The joke doesn't work on any level because it makes like you have this guy come in and he lives in this country and yeah. he has he has a Spanish accent and then he calls the Spanish character a racist for speaking Spanish to him and you're like what? Yeah. In the same movie, Optimus Prime is like calling all Autobots and it's like oh the three that live in New York come and it's like oh actually there's like twelve more but they live in right. different countries and don't care. <laughs> like right when they're like oh here's all the Autobots that are on Every Earth. And I'm like okay. They go to they meet a new Autobot. That's just like yeah. he's like oh by the way there's a plane here. Like where were you earlier, my man? Exactly. Where were you? Exactly. That's what I mean. Like everything just is convenient and happens when they need it to happen and just like there's a, there's a point there's no later in the movie where so in the, at the beginning of the movie Optimus Primal dies but there are two Optimus Primals I don't know never explained Optimus Super later, Primal Optimus Super Primal um, <laughs> later Optimus Primal appears again and the Autobots appear and they just fight for no reason and then <laughs> then Michelle Yeoh appears <laughs> and Michelle Yeoh is just like please stop fighting and then Optimus Primal explains how he knows exactly who everybody is and how he deeply respects them and he is named after them and how they're his heroes like then why were you fighting what is going on it's such a weird scene where they meet them for the first time and he goes i'm optimus primal i was named after you and you're like, I was you in the past but you're from the future we're not going to explain that we are your future and your past hello it's so stupid oh. i just oh man and then later so as a fan of the tv show beast wars yeah, so Transform- sure. this may surprise you. Transformers are called Transformers because they transform. Um, and the idea Shocker. of the Beast Wars robots is they're robots that transform into animals. And the whole time I'm like, this is kind of Beast Wars, but these are robot animals. Why can't they transform? And in and the final they fight, do? they decide to transform to become more powerful. There have been so there's been a moment of peril, so perilous, so 
so perilous that they lost their entire planet and species and they thought, nah, nah, let's not go in the suit. This is like me in Resident Evil saving my one rocket in my rocket launcher <laughs> for the final boss and being like, no, no, no. And then finish the game being like, I never used that rocket launcher, oops. It, it's like, yeah, and this Mich- isn't a resource. Just transform and beat up Scourge. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh's Air Razor like, is a great gets, name, but... gets killed by Scourge and then she just dies. She doesn't transform to fight him or anything. She's just like, I'm dead now. I couldn't do it. She gets infected by Scourge disease, which is a yeah. thing that he only fires at her and nobody right. else. I would say like, if I was she's you, like, Scourge, I would fire that at goddamn Optimus Prime. Yeah, she's like, oh, when this touches you, you're you just, you can't, you're done. It's it's over. And I'm like, okay, why is rampant he using... like she's Cortana. Why um, isn't he using this on anybody else? He's like, no, I have a, I have a cool down. <laughs> I used up my one God. thing. Um, oh yeah, what a bad movie! Um, oh, it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing to me. Um, and in the final showdown of Massive Everything Flies, I was like, you know what? There was some a bit of personality at the end, and this whole symphonic score-based violence is so boring to me. At least put another hip-hop track, and at least it did give me. As I never the podcast, Mum's gonna knock you out. Uh, Mums don't knock you out. The yeah, I call Jason. That right. one bit is kind of fun. And like, where is this style for the rest of the film? Yeah, there is. I think that's really like, I can. I mean, it's Transformers. I'm not going in expecting it to not be stupid to a degree. Like, mm. that's just what it is. But like, at least have some kind. There's just no style at all to any of it. It's just yeah. like so bland. It's just like the stuff that just feels totally. Like, I hate to just call everything, like, oh, this feels like AI made it, but, like, it's just, like, <laughs> everything is just, like, there really is, there's no flair to it. It doesn't feel like anybody is actually directing these movies at this point. Yeah, we, we got rid of Michael Bay, so now it's not overtly sexist and racist. Right, like, obviously, Michael Bay has a lot of terrible tendencies, but, like, I feel like at least in the action and like the transformers themselves there was something there there was a style to it you know oh like... i disagree this is where i fell and disagree i i, <laughs> I feel that those films the aesthetic was was terrible because they were just shrapnel monsters i i do like in bumby in this they have made the designs more like g1 designs though mm-hmm. here's my transformers man thing optimus prime looks stupid in the movie why is he so skinny why is he like morris yeah, like prime that. why is he wearing skinny morris. jeans like like he should be like big beefy boy, but for some reason he's like strange. He's strangely petite and svelte. Optimus Prime should he, he looks he wrong? Look good. No, he doesn't. He looks wrong. So can I? I'm curious if the main character RC is great though. RC is great. Uh, wasn't gonna ask about RC. Um, she rules. I'm, I'm curious if the main character becoming Iron Man is a thing that is like <laughs> no, makes I sense. Know, what, or that just, okay. like, what him wearing the corpse <laughs> of his friend? <laughs> Makes no. I was like, what like, is like happening? It, like it's just, like it's Monster Hunter. Of, I found this beast and like, I wore it as armor. He just one. So it's like this big moment where like he was friends with Mirage for the whole movie, and the Mirage oh, like Mirage. protects. Okay, well, <laughs> which is fine, but like Mirage protects him, sacrifices himself, and he's like, you can I, I wear me. I wear guess my corpse, like, which is weird, but he's like, okay. I'm protecting you, so now you're Early, just Iron Man. Earlier, he implies that he's using his penis as a gun. Um, so mm, true. Um, so then he becomes main character becomes Iron Man, saves the day for no real reason. Because then, then in that he last keeps, scene, right? When he, he keeps saves the armor. Optimus Prime. He saves Optimus Prime, but it's revealed that 
Optimus Primal could have just come back and just saved Optimus Prime, slash Optimus Prime could have just shot the thing and walked away and would have been fine. There's, that's what I mean. Optimus, no... Optimus, you can transform into a truck, my dude. Just shoot the thing, be a truck, <laughs> drive away. That's what I mean. There's no stakes at any point because other than Michelle Yeoh as Air Razor, there's mm. nobody, no, nothing happens <laughs> to any of the characters. Bumblebee. Zendaya is Michi. It's good as Michelle Yeoh is Air Bumblebee dies and then gets revived by a rock. And then... they go, oh, there's Energon. Bumblebee's back. <laughs> I'm like, like okay. I know he's back. He's in the next five <laughs> right, movies. He's Bumblebee. And then Mirage dies, and then at the end is back again just because, I guess. I'm like, why? I don't and think he's... he is back. I think he's just wearing him as his, his, his skin. No, he was at the car no, at the no. end. Did you no, not no, see he's that? He's wearing his skin. No, he's, he's just ignoring it? Okay. No, I just left. Um... Okay. Oh, you left. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you had. Um, but yeah, I'm just, it's not a good movie. I wish it was good. I really do. I love Transformers. I, I felt like I was okay loving Transformers because Bubba was good. Now I'm embarrassed to love Transformers again. <laughs> Make Transformers great again. Generally, I, like the big problem is Transformers are characters. They legitimately are. Mm-hmm. They can yep. carry a movie. Agreed. Make the movie about the Transformers. But that's never going to work because that was going to look a bit shonky. Make an animated film. Make an animated film yeah. of Transformers as main characters. It's fine. Just do it. Make Just a, do like it. a do like a TMNT Spider Verse thing. Make a cool stylistic yeah. animated Transformers Tor- movie. Torture a hundred artists. Make them leave. Well, all right. I'm not advocating for that. But okay, I think you were. But <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen. Oh, actually, yeah. before we move on from to to the next movie, you yes. said you, you said you had some gearing up for this week. Okay, um, let's get from Grand Turismo. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I thought you had. I thought you had a plan. I thought you had something. Okay. Um, all right. Um, if you could transform into a car, what car would you transform into? <laughs> Didn't we have this question? I feel like we did. I we had a question. You, if, if you, you as a human being, could transform into a car, what would transform into? Okay. If I. I swear Cody asked us a question that was almost yeah, exactly probably. like this. <laughs> um, um, I want it to be... I'll, t- I'll take... I'll be one of those, like, um, the little mini trucks. That's what I want to be. Cool. All right. Yeah. Great question. All right. Grand Turismo. Still What's your just... answer? <laughs> I, 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 I'd, I'd rather not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I answered for no reason. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Um, but um, Grand Turismo, you, you still excited? No, although I keep seeing the trailer, and I feel like I'm getting a different trailer every time I go to the, the, the movies. Well, that's kind of exciting. I mean, they're not good, and it's mostly like, there's. I'm not seeing new footage of the movie, I'm seeing new no. footage of people talking about the movie, and I'm just like, can you stop telling me about Gran Turismo? Yeah, but <laughs> Heartbreak like, feels good in Gran Turismo. Um, <laughs> it's just David Harbour telling me about how exciting this movie is, and I'm like, it's really not. Is David Harbour a taller sell anymore? I don't think so. But he was in the the those James Bond movies. Who was? Yeah, he was like a one of the CIA guys in Casino Royale and maybe Quantum of Solace. He was? Yeah. Huh. He had a big mustache. Huh. It's true. Cool. Alright, well there you go. I'm back on board for Gran Turismo, I guess. Um, yeah. Gran Turismo. They're making I'm, the movie. I'm but... Really glad we did that segment this week. Yeah. Why are you to remember that we're still we're I'm st- I'm, we're still gearing I, up, yeah. Get I ready. Good. 
couple more months left. Yeah, it's not, it's not long until it comes out. Um, I'm so excited to be done with this segment. Yeah, they need to, they need to gear down in something else. I, I'll work out something else. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, great. As, as, Another as thing you anticipate. As, as a Gran Turismo movie. I just... It, some films come out, and I'm like, I'm not ready for this to be out yet. I'm, okay. The idea of a Gran Turismo movie existing is so much more fun to me than a Gran Turismo movie existing. Mm. Yeah, um, I feel like it would be... But I feel like we know too much now. Like, I know enough about what it's going to be yeah. that I can't, like, keep anticipating. If it was just, like, stuck in production hell and there were all these crazy mm. stories about, like... If it was, like, Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis... Should, should then... we get really pumped into Gorbavinsky's Bioshock film? Is that, is that our next step? Yeah, we should just pick something that's, like, never going to come out and just yeah. keep talking about it. Like, uh, yeah. or, or uh, Del Toro's At the Mountains of Madness. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. They're making a Gears of War movie, right? I believe they are. Right? Did they actually gear cast did they gear up for Gears of War? Answers <laughs> um, ready, chaps. <laughs> did they Boom. actually cast Batista or was that just like a please cast me thing? Don't know. I presume he wouldn't do that. You don't think so? I feel like he wanted to be Marcus Phoenix. I don't know if he does anymore. Oh, he's yeah, he or has he has talked about how he's old now. Also, I don't think he'd be a good Marcus Phoenix. I don't think that... <laughs> Not that I think Marcus Phoenix is some great character. Needs... <laughs> Who's your pick for Marcus Phoenix? Um, that's a really good question. That's a, that's a very, very good question. My pick for Marcus Phoenix... Um, I'm going to say Jack Davenport. <laughs> okay, good pick. The actor. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I don't think yeah. that might be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd take that off, friend Jack. Even worse than you. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Dave Mustaine. I can't picture Dave Mustaine in my head. He he wrote the song Gears of War for the movie Gears for the movie for the video game Gears of War. He's oh, okay. he's the lead singer and guitarist from Megadeth. Ah, okay. I knew I recognized the name, and I was like, he's oh, a no. big gun nut and conservative. Um, oh, all right. Well, yeah. So I also don't advocate for Dave Mustaine. I guess gear up for Dave Mustaine. <laughs> make, make, uh, nope, let's not do that one. <laughs> Gear up. No, no, no. We're gearing up for Dave Mustaine. Alright, well, I don't know how, how much steam Steven's got left in him. I know it's very late over there. Yeah, you know. So um, it goes. Do you want to talk about Paul Schrader? I'd love to push Paul Schrader. How many Paul Schrader films have you seen recently? I've seen quite a lot. Recently? Uh, one. Well, two if you count uh, our movie for today, which is Master Gardener. But I only watched one other in preparation for okay. today. Then let's forget today. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> And let's say just in general, push right. What's your experience, push right? What do you think about? Um, I would say most for the most part, I like Paul Schrader. I like the Paul Schrader movies that I have seen. Um, as far as stuff that he's directed, the only one that I have seen and don't like would be the Card Counter before oh, Master we, Gardener. I, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> um, previous, yes. Yeah. Um, so I've seen nine films he's directed. I've seen 14 films that he's written. Um, okay, I should see how many have they seen that he's written. I've seen nine that he's written and five that he's directed. Okay, so the films that he's written that I've seen are, okay, Obsession, the mm. Depan movie, I don't like. Um, sorry. Obsession's um, alright. I don't love it. I, no, I disagree. Um, <laughs> Last Attention of Christ is excellent. Absolutely excellent. I haven't seen it. Um, oh, it's a very good movie. Um, Bringing Out the Dead is, is a really interesting film. Um, yeah, we talked about that last week. 
I, I don't love it, but I do like it. I think you're the same. Yep. Um, Raging Bull and Taxi Driver are excellent. I think love Taxi Driver is more, is more excellent. Um, Raging Bull. Raging Bull will always have a little bit of a of a dark edge for me because um, the person it's based on benefited a lot from that movie and really liked the movie. Um, yeah, that's not great. And that is telling, and Scorsese does fall into that trap. And it, it, there's a wider conversation about what does that mean about the film, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I feel the film could could be better about that. Hmm. Um, but it is a great film. Um, yeah. And then the rest is stuff of his that I've seen. So um, let me go, I'm going to go through the things that him that I've seen in in order. So I watched Blue Collar. Yeah, I wanted to watch that as well, and I didn't. Oh, it's end up getting absolutely to it, we'll incredible. Definitely be watching it soon. Yeah. It's not only his best one he's directed; it's the best one he's written. Blue Collar is an absolutely exceptional movie, and it is the least Paul Schrader Paul Schrader film I've seen. And I think that's why mm. I love it so much. Um, not out of hating Paul Schrader. Right. But it just doesn't have the things in it that I find irritating, and the things that are good about it, I don't really associate with him. Um, it feels led by its performances, which, though I think his films are performance films, they are performance as cipher of the director and writer. Yes. Of I am speaking for a vessel, and this is my vessel for theme or for authorial voice. And Blue Collar has three lead performances that are very, very different, and have different voices, and have a film that speaks different voices, has personality. It is a really clever, intelligent, funny, brilliantly plotted movie that is so slice of life, realistic, um, so well articulated, so powerful, and so absolutely brilliant. Um, you watch his second film, Hardcore. Hardcore is great. Really it's like really, it's yeah. really, really good, isn't it? It's ever hardcore. <clears throat> yeah, hardcore. I mean, it's 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 great. It's like a even. I mean, it's totally. You can tell that this is like. The, the, the time that um, Schrader is now directing it, because it is basically just like an extra sleazy B-side to Taxi Driver. It's yeah. got like the same, similar ideas and plot points, but it is, he, he goes much like deeper into it and just like goes all out with like the, the kind of sleazy side of this. this what if Taken area. was a good movie? What if Taken was a good film? Um, is, yeah, that's my takeaway. Yeah. This yeah, this 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 dad that goes to try and um, rescue his daughter from being in porno flicks, um, it it's really good um, in ways I was not expecting it to be really good. It's inflected by John Ford's The Searchers. Certainly, I think it's a better film than The Searchers. Mm. Controversially, so maybe um, because I don't love The Searchers that much, um, and it is untrader like in the way that it allows multiple ideas to bounce around in perspectives and it doesn't respect or deify or isolate its main figure at all. Yeah, it just that's, has I them think, as a burst of anger. I think that's definitely the, the main takeaway for me and like the main difference from a lot of, especially like his more contemporary stuff of like, mm. this guy is not like the hero of the movie. He is not like no. redeemed in any way. It's he's never like, there's no point where it's like, Oh, and he is doing the right thing the whole time. He's just like, he, he just falls into this like and, pit of anger and just like can never find his way out of it. And this is why I, I disagree with people on Trader a lot is it's never just this person did the right thing. The Schrader films and the Schrader-guided um, Scorsese films often have this idea of this person is bad and they're doing the bad thing, but they're really interesting and we should grapple yeah. with their psychology. And I'm like, well, they're kind of not, actually. And that's a way of pedestaling and deifying 
the problematized yeah. and yeah. the dark. And this and does not do that stuff. No, George C. Scott's character is never... I mean, he's basically presented as, like, the most bland, boring guy possible. And he's just, like... His only, like, identity, really, is that he is religious. Protestant, and, specifically. Um, yeah. He's the most critiqued character in the film. In a film yeah. which is about pseudo-trafficking and exploitation. His conservative values and idea of the conservative family is the thing that ultimately gets critique. And I love the idea is because of people like you these sleaze lords exist of yeah. you are you are the polite facade that allows these things to happen it's a really interesting um dichotomy and idea the film puts forward great movie great movie yeah um then you've got american gigolo which i think is a bit silly um a bit overly stylized um and let me put these into order because i think maybe it's cat people next um of the ones that i've seen yeah i also wanted to fit in cat people this weekend it's not very good i mean it's fine it seems interesting to me but yeah it just didn't have time that that david bowie song rules the i mean obviously don't put out fire of gasoline what a terrible idea that's not gonna work david bowie <laughs> can't put out fire of gasoline but it's a good line um and the marauder score is kind of fun of i mean this will entice you to the film okay of, it's such a ken russell movie it's such a ken russell movie no, that it, I love. It, it should just be ken russell doing it because paul schrader can't quite do that he's not he's not freak enough like, mm. Paul Schrader's a bit too... I don't know. He's a bit too caught up. He's a bit too restrained. He's a bit yeah, too studied, nice studied and formalised. He can't be a real freak. This film needs a real freak. Um, <laughs> I mean, a movie with the title it has and the poster it has, I would expect it to be, like, full on with it, but... And when it gets a bit freaky, it's good, but he's not... He doesn't right. let it be freaky the whole time. Can't commit um, to it. Yeah. Um, and it's not really a remake of cat people and he does say that he just shouldn't call it cat people he, he regrets now calling it cat people mm. he does borrow a few scenes i love that tonner movie it, it's really really cool um not great mishima i think mishima is fantastic i really love that movie i know you have many problems with it <laughs> yeah i don't think it's really worth talking about unfortunately um because it's such a large conversation yeah um, which is and fair. I'm, I'm, and I'm really a hypocrite because i have i've read more mishima books than most people in that I've read two and most of them have read none. Yeah. Um, um, and I really like both of them. I think The, the Golden Temple was a fantastic book. Um, mm. The Sailor That Fell Out of Grace of the Sea is a, is a fantastic book. Um, I find it much easier to separate those from Mishima than what he did. And the film Mishima and Life of Four Chapters is about what he did, which is a, a really bad thing. And I'd, I agree that it's it's fabulous filmmaking and it's a beautiful film and the score is is stunning and it is so well put together. Yeah. But there is a there is a reason style element to me of that is part of its problem of what it is doing Which, yeah, is it's totally it's bad. taking it's taking a really horrible thing a person did and it's trying to go I'm going to explain this and make this make sense and it roots right. it in queerness which is a really inappropriate thing to do of the the tracking back and I'm going to explain through psychology why a person attempted a fascist coup is a very inappropriate thing to do and it also aestheticizes make this figure legendary and by mixing his books with his life it canonizes and literizes his life in ways that I think are inappropriate and it's a shame that it's such a goddamn good movie because it's a very goddamn good movie yeah no that's yeah i think all of that criticism of it is is totally fair but like yeah i think the difference there is like with with the films that i know that both of us have uh, more critique of is like 
at least that movie is very, very good. And it's some of his other movies good. where he has problematic characters and ideas are not very good. <laughs> so they're easier to just be like, yeah, this is not, this is bad. And I don't like this. Steven is having problems with his mic again. I'm hoping that we don't have to start a third recording. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, what a good joke, Vaughn. <laughs> We're having fun on this podcast. So yeah, um, Mishima, and you're right, it is it is a good film where his later films are problematized and not good movies. Um, I've not seen The Comfort of Strangers, but I've read the book. Good book. I haven't seen, haven't read, so I have no, no take on that one. I've seen Light Sleeper. Yeah, you watched that this weekend, right? I think you really like Light Sleeper. I think you really would. I think you mm. like it more than I do. For me... Make sure that's on it's on my watch list. It's... Light Sleeper was quite revelatory to me because it's a perfect example of these movies aren't bad. It's just that I they're not for me. Mm, of this is gotcha. just it's a style of film that I'm not that interested in because Light Sleeper is, I think, of his men with a diary movies, God. and that's what it is. I'm like, oh, this is clearly the best one of these. This is mm. probably the best one of these. Okay, maybe maybe apart from First Reformed, but I do think First Reformed is very very silly. It's a very very silly movie. Um, yeah, Light Sleeper is better. Um, it's the best one of those, and I like that it's kind of hopeful, and I think Willem Dafoe brings so much to it because he gives such a layered, vulnerable performance, but a hidden, hidden vulnerability. And I don't think it's an amazing movie, others do, and I think it's because I just, I, the structure thing with it is just not that appealing to me. Um, but I can get quite a lot out of it. I, I like where it goes, and I like where it ends. I think you would you would get a lot more out of it. I think you'd okay. like this one quite a lot. Cool. So it's a recommendation. Um, Light Sleeper. I watched the first 45 minutes of Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist. Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist? Oh, there it is. Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. Do you know this film? No, I don't. So, Exorcist 1 exists, is fantastic. Exorcist right. 2 exists, yep. John Ball movie, is terrible. Um, <laughs> Exorcist 3 exists, absolutely rules. Now, I don't know what you're thinking. Exorcist 4 exists. Well, yes and no, Vaughn. Yes and no. Um, oh, who was it? Um, Frankenheimer, uh, I think, was supposed to... Oh, okay. Make Exorcist 4. That's an interesting choice. And, and then due to poor health, was ah. pulled off the project and died about a month <laughs> after being put off the project. Oh, wow. And then it was given to Paul Schrader. Oh, you're thinking. But Stephen, Paul Schrader didn't make Exorcist 4. Paul Schrader made Exorcist 5. Yes, you are correct. Paul Schrader, um, the rough cut of Exorcist 4 was deemed as being commercially unviable. Oh, wow. Okay. So they were like, this needs to deeply change. And they need to do so much stuff. And Paul Schrader was like, no. Um, so this is me deeply, deeply simplifying this. But she was like, no, I'm not doing these things, blah, blah, blah. So they took it away from him, gave it to the director, and basically completely remade it. And that film flopped completely. So the idea was, oh, you didn't like that version? How about a year later we release the film it was supposed to be? What? Go to, go to letterbox.com now. Yeah, I'm looking at these both now. So there is... Re- read to what? me the plot description of both films. Okay, so Exorcist, the beginning, from yeah. 2004, which is directed mm-hmm. by Rennie Harlan mm-hmm. of Cliffhanger, Deep Blue Sea, Nightmare on Elm yep. Street 4, and Die Hard 2 fame. Yep. Um, here's the synopsis for this one. <clears throat> Having lived through traumatizing events during World War II... Father Would you say of... that he was, from that, could you also say that he was haunted by the terrible acts the Nazis forced him to participate in? <laughs> I mean, sounds like it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, okay, continue. Father Lancaster Marin takes a sabbatical would you say from perhaps the church. The, 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 would you say perhaps the disenchanted Father Lancaster Marin focuses energies on helping with an archaeology dig 
in the Nopal of Kenya. So I can Yeah, actually, the second part of that sentence is to, to conduct archaeological excavations in British-administered East Africa. Okay, oh, so there the Karoo uncovers a church that predates Christian missions into the area, perhaps? Yeah, Marin unearths an ancient Byzantine church believed to have been built mm. and then immediately buried to keep down evil from the crypt okay. below. Oh, but, but the discovery has caused strange events start occurring, including physical changes to a young disabled boy who Marin grows to suspect as being possessed by demons. You mean the natives are convinced that uncovering a church has unleashed a demon and be- begin to violently clash with the British military troops? Oh, I, I guess that's what I meant in reading the plots <laughs> to Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. What were you reading? And as the village rapidly disintegrates into chaos and war, Marin must face off with the demon which has taken possession of somebody close to him. There you go. Oh my god. Wow. That is wild. Yeah, I watched 40 Minutes. It's really boring. So I have nothing else to say. It's a really boring movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't watch the rest of it. I didn't know if I would finish it. Um, and then I jump to First Reformed. Which you love. I would say I... It's weird to... I don't know how to like qualify. I tentatively love First Reformed. I watched it... I've only seen it once and I watched it. I would say the best word for it would be when I was kind of in like my quote-unquote film bro era. Yeah. Um, so I think I was much more inclined You're to like, stuff oh, like that. this ending is so ambiguous. It's so ambiguous. Yeah, like I, th- I think it was just like... Is it a dream? Right, where I was getting more into stuff like that, and I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool, and I didn't have, like, more of the the context or anything, and I, I don't know how I would feel about it now if I revisited it. But in memory, I like that movie a lot. I think it's very, yeah. I mean, it's very well shot. I like the aspect ratio. I like I like a lot of things about it, but I don't know if I would I would love the the narrative. Yeah. How do you feel have about you, First Reformed? Have you, have you seen Winter Light? No. Have you seen Leon Morin Priest? No. Have you seen... Is it Diary of a... Oh, what's that movie called? I'm going to go probably um, not, is what I'm going to say before you figure out what you're trying to ask me, but... Uh, welcome to Letterboxd. Welcome to iSearchLetterboxd.com. Yeah. <laughs> not Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules. No. Oh, really? <laughs> Diary of a Country Priest, the Bresson movie. Um, have you seen that? Uh, no, but I mean, I know Schrader loves Brisson, so... Well, you kind of have, because you've seen this movie. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it, it's... I've seen the movies. I, I, like, I like them more. Oh. Um, I sound like an elitist, I know. I, my, I think my main complaint is my complaint with all three of this trilogy, and it is very much trilogy, oh, yeah. is it's old man Paul Schrader should get off wikipedia.org. Um, <laughs> and stop Paul learning Schrader, about things. <laughs> oh my god. Paul Trader went on the, I'm going to say not the climate change page because it's not that advanced. He went on the no. global warming page and went, guys, global warming seems bad. Have you guys heard about this? Have you guys yeah, heard about global warming? It <laughs> you seems have, you bad, make a very good right? point. It seems yeah. right. And then Stephanie said, he goes, guys, have you, have you heard? Have you heard about Guantanamo Bay? Because I just learned about this oh and it does god. not seem great. Yeah, also, so, I'm big into poker right now. Oh my god! I, yeah, I did not like the card counter at all. It is, it is, it is bad. It is. It's not his worst movie. No, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but it's not good. No. Um, yeah, I, I have, I, I have time for First Reformed. Mm-hmm. Even Hawk performances are very good. I have less time for Card Counter, but. There are some good performances in it. There are some bad performances in it. There are some good ones. Um, yeah, I think I think it was like, I, I'll i just go for it. I like First Reformed. I yeah. wanted to like the card counter. Mm-hmm. 
and Master Gardener is bad. It's awful. I think it's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Master Gardener, um, and Lorcan agrees with me, um, Master Gardener is an absolutely atrocious movie. It is. It's, it's so from bad. From beginning to end, absolutely terrible. Everyone is terrible in it. Um, yeah. which goes down to writing and direction. Sigourney Weaver, who is obviously a brilliant actor, could not be worse in this film. Oh, she's terrible. I mean, I, yeah, everyone is. It's it's not like singling her out because it's just not... There's no, no performance here that I'm like, oh, this is good. What is this film? What is, what is it? Boy, that's a great question. Uh, it's I... about how people are plants and we, they... <laughs> <laughs> people are plants and plants persevere and people and can be redeemed. I don't know. It's not, it's not in a fun no. body snatchers part people way, which would be much cooler. And it's not like Annihilation, which would be even cooler. Um, it's... So, the idea of weeding your garden, right? <sighs> the idea of weeding a garden is a fertile metaphor for self-improvement. That's the movie. Yeah, I've never never encountered a Nazi garden is the difference, I think, between the metaphor and the movie itself. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, oh. I guess you can prune, but you don't have to prune. And you can write in a diary, and you can... Like, there, are, there are movies that could be good. I kind of like the idea of being someone that's really into gardening and making a perfect garden but the garden you're making just being some just like random rich lady's garden, that's a really fun dichotomy of I'm so dedicated to this thing that is exclusionary and means nothing. Um, the there's garden, a movie there. The there's garden a movie in this there. movie sucks, though. Yeah, because it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's at like some chef school, but for gardeners, and they smell dirt occasionally, and they have little uniforms, yeah, weird. but it's <laughs> just her garden. It's a plantation house because metaphor... It's it's so weird because the movie is called Master Gardener. Yeah, he's in charge of this garden. There's like five yep. five employees that are tending. He gets garden. fired at some point. He does get fired at some point. Every shot of the garden is so ugly. I don't. Mm. What are they doing? Every there's like every shot. There's leaves everywhere. It's not doesn't look clean. There's I there's barely it's like, like flowers born, anywhere. Born. It's a metaphor. But and occasionally he gives you gardening trivia, which is just directly from Wikipedia.org of when was the first garden. He's like, did you know? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, Narvel Roth. But I, if that's I, your real name. And I think even if that was a metaphor, I could maybe be fine with that. But like, aside from the weird dream sequence, there's no point where the garden, like, it's not like the garden looks well, nice at the sho- end. When he shoves his face in someone's belly button to have sex with her. That, oh man, I just uh, this is so bad. <laughs> it's just, I mean, immediately it's like the, the movie is like a parody of Paul Schrader at this point. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's it genuinely yeah. feels like a joke because immediately yeah. it starts and you're just like, am I watching Card Counter? It's a guy in a motel room writing in a diary, giving you expo- yeah. expository yeah, yeah, yeah. dialogue. And I'm like, but he's a gardener. Okay. I'm like, hey, good joke, guys. Good joke. Oh, that, that's funny. <sighs> about a gardener. That's great. Love this. Right, but he's gardening now instead of playing poker. I'm like, I'd rather watch someone play poker. <laughs> At least there's it's something like, there. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, as you know, love films about process, and I'm not a huge Bresson head. I like Bresson, um, not as much as Schrader does. Um, but Bresson's very good at capturing process and the little <clears throat> yeah. like acts of doing things. It's like Schrader just just skips all that stuff. And just right. goes to the arch metaphors of Brasson. Like, A Man Escape is such a great movie because it's all the step to step, this is what you do to escape. 
there are no like focused Bellatar style extended sequences of I'm doing some goddamn gardening, and that matters for that well, reason. And I feel like even to compare it to the card counter, like there's scenes where he actually is playing poker in that yeah. movie. It's a better film. But, yeah, yeah th- there's just nothing like that here. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I also feel like the there's much more that is interesting to me about the character in the card counter. Like I feel yeah. like the exploring like being haunted by you know things that you had to do in the military and like it's more than being it's more interesting than like i was a nazi he's just literally a nazi and i'm like i you can't there's no way that you can nothing you can do in this movie that is going to make me sympathize with this character and i read about it and and paul schrader was just like see there's a big interview inside sound it's just like it's a fable it's this idea that what this could happen i'm like you need to do the middle step there needs to be the middle step you can't have your idea be like what if a nazi reformed what then what if he was second reformed um and he's, he's reformed yeah it's just so poorly handled i'm like i, I just there's nothing i don't want to see this guy be redeemed so, at all there's nothing he's reformed. He's, he's a nazi yeah. He works in a plantation. <clears throat> yep. And his apprentice is a black lady. Yep. The movie. Uh-huh. That, that's the movie. That's the, yeah, movie. That's, that's the movie. And she's 30 years younger than him. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. <clears throat> it's just like, even, I feel like no matter how you look at it, I'm like, there's nothing... Nothing at all that's like even remotely like convincing or interesting about any of it. I'm like, even if you want to try to sell me on this really problematic romance, there's no like I don't buy any of it. I don't buy their and relationship it, at all. Maybe it's just me overreading, but occasionally there are like oblique references to that seem like they're referencing Paul Schrader's internet persona of like comments. Oh yeah, that was about, weird. Like, talking about sexist things online or saying things and it, it seems oh, there's that fbi agent that has the we should all be feminist t-shirt oh what God. does that mean i don't know what it's such a mess there's Paul, just so many random doing? things thrown in that like don't seem to mean anything and it does feel like it's just paul schrader like throwing in these random ideas that he has about things and i'm like these don't fit in the I... movie I started my review of this idea of, you know, when like a band gets a three record deal of a company and they've got two records in them and they just really don't want to make the last one, but they have right. to. You can feel him not give a shit. In this no, movie. he you doesn't seem he, to care. Just, it, it feels, and I know we're being very altruistic here, but it, it's so, we spoke for his films. This is so just, he's just doing it again, but yeah. nothing coalesces, nothing fits together, nothing is brought to an idea. And even semblance of ideas, I'm like, where is this going? What is this? What? Yeah, you it's can like talk about the metaphor. What does this mean? Right. It's like he gets the thing that now he's like become. I mean, not that he's like become a joke, but like there is a joke to like Paul Schrader always has like the same yeah. character and the same ideas, and he's done yeah. the same thing. And he, it's like he was like, okay, fine, I'll do that. I'll make a parody of my own movies, but it just sucks. And I'm just like, why don't you do something yeah. interesting? Good job. <laughs> Like thanks, yeah, I guess. Make hardcore again. Why make blue collar again? You've made more interesting films, right? Mishima is such a visually interesting and dynamic film. Oh, this movie is just ugly. Ugh. But I feel I felt the same way about the card. Even though there's ideas that I like more in the card counter, like the card counter is also counter goes absolutely wild at points. Like those those true. Um, those sequences, the weird fisheye Abu Grabe sequences. Are, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're like they are 
not good, but it's just like what that's a kind of what are you doing in terms of right. like, it's something. This is just like mate, exactly. Are you, are you, the, did you turn up today? Yeah, like, the difference is like well, he's making said. choices, and you're like, okay, I don't like this, but it was a choice. And here it's just like it's just autopilot. And I'm just like, okay, like why are you? What are you getting out of this? It's like he had a deadline, and he woke up in the morning, checked his diary, and was like, oh, I, that's that script's due today. Better write it now then. Um, but it's so weird too because it's like this is I mean card counter was yeah there's there's one year in between these and it's like there was yeah it feels like it there was four years in between first reformed and the card counter and then he was just like I don't know here's a third one who cares it's you just can like believe, why I, mean, I can believe it took him four years to make card counter oh yeah yeah this is the kind of thing that comes out of a year yeah totally yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's just it's bad it's bad I don't it's, have I. It's legitimately. I, I I knew you would not like this. I was, it, I was just like, Vaughn's gonna hate this because it, it. No, there's the kind, opinions vary, but there are some ones I watch. And I'm like, me and Vaughn just gonna go. This oh is yeah. Shit. This yeah. Is like I I know Vaughn went have to go like yeah, but this is he's gonna this shit. And I know you kind of like wrote yourself down to a one, and I probably would do the same if I actually had bothered to write about this. But yeah. I was just like, I don't know. I don't like. I didn't have enough to be like, I hate this. Give it a one. But like, it's when nothing. I had in my head, I was like. Guardians of the Galaxy Three is better than this film. <laughs> was was I, I left the review being that, and that was, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, great comparison point. <laughs> I, I, I stand by that. Guardians of the Galaxy Three is, is better than, and I'm sure you agree. Is, I mean, is better yes, than Master Gardener. <laughs> You're um, right. I do agree. And I looked at my review, and I was just like, it said to start at the start, and I was like, all I have done is just absolutely shit yeah. on this pointless movie. Um, why am I giving it two stars? Because it's Paul Trader? No, like, bam. Yeah, I just like didn't have enough to hate. I was like, this is just kind of nothing. Like, I don't actively hate this That's the because worst like thing. That's because you're it's right, nothing. and you're right. Put it is a thing in a movie. Yeah, uh, it's just like it didn't like piss me off. Where well, I was I like, I, okay. I, I didn't like hate watching it. I was just like, this is nothing, and this is bad. And you're I right. Don't that like is American History X that much. So American Horticulture <laughs> X is just like American Botany X. It's like, well, this is a, a worse version of a not very good movie. Great. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, well, I don't know if I really care about Paul Schrader making more better movies. I feel like I see everything he posts online and I'm just like, I don't need more from Paul Schrader. <laughs> like, no, I really hope this is his last film because it really amuses me that I have his debut film as five stars and his Complete downhill turn. This guy, look at him. What a great voice. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's like with a lot of like these... And obviously he has good, very good films that he has directed yeah, himself, but I, it's like, sometimes it's good to work with other people, <laughs> like have someone that can look at your script and maybe rein it in a little bit, give you well, some better ideas please, at least. I mean, please watch Blue Collar, because it feels like will, the performers yeah. have so much of a command of the voice of that film. Mm, okay. Of, and ugh, it's so good, and there are so distinct voices in it, and you just don't feel that like everyone is just everyone speaks and you can just you can feel the script when they're speaking of yeah i can imagine portrait sitting there and writing this dialogue right as opposed to these characters live outside of a dictated voice like i can't imagine portrait writing some of the characters in blue color mm. because they feel so unique and of the performers and uh, yeah no, no. <laughs> i think that's i think that's all i have to say about about master gardener and Paul Schrader for today. People don't like this. I don't, I don't care. I, yeah, I mean, and I sometimes get like it's okay. I get thinking it's okay. Yeah, because like it's it's stately 
and studied and dry and it has these yeah and like same thing with like the card counter like i can read positive reviews of the card counter and be like okay i Mm. see what you saw in this movie like i know calvin like wrote a really great review where he kind of like yeah worked out the movie and like kind of found something in it that i didn't find and i was like i appreciate this because Mm. there is something there that i just didn't find but like this movie i'm reading positive reviews i'm just like what movie did you watch (laughs) like i don't get it at all I it's just... like how there are multiple versions of Spider-Verse. Maybe we saw the bad version of you're right. Counter, Maybe. of Master Gardener. Paul said, you had to see this in theaters, and if you're watching it on VOD, it's not the right movie. You're watching the bad movie, the bad cut. I'd rather watch The Constant Gardener. I've not seen that, but I bet it's better. <laughs> there you go. That's Stephen's recommendation for a movie he hasn't yeah. seen. Yeah. Um, so we don't have any emails this week because we kind Good. of had to squeeze in a recording while we were both yes. available. Um, and also Stevens, it's like almost one in the morning for Stevens. So mm. we wanted the, to get through this, but do you have a recommendation before we sign off this week, Steven? I'm in blue collar, but, um, I don't know. Punisher Warzone? Punisher Warzone? What are you yeah. watching? <laughs> I watch Punisher Warzone. Um, okay. Punisher Warzone is the first, um, superhero slash comic book adaptation directed by a woman, I think. Um, Oh, okay. I think they're like they're like some indie comic adaptations, because I think I mean you could count Tank Girl for example, um, but in terms of this is a this is a Marvel movie a Marvel property, um, directed by Lexi Alexander. All right, is Punisher Warzone a great movie? No, but, I mean, is it that a wasn't, good movie? Yeah. Is it a good movie? Maybe, kind of. I love when Steven um, recommends movies he doesn't even really like that much. Um, <laughs> I. I had a fun time. Dominic West has a wild time of accents. It's got a bunch of better actors than it should have in it. Um, it's got some gnarliness in it. It alternates between grimdark and like slapstick okay. and camp. Um, I wish it lent more into that. It feels of so. This is from two thousand and eight, and it feels that age where you could kind of do what you wanted with comic books as opposed to conforming to a house style. This is one of right. the last pre Marvel Studios. Marvel oh, okay. movies. This is this is given another another studio, um, and I, I really miss that era now. Of, Me too. It's it weird to say. And I was speaking about the Spider-Man Rain movies, and a thing that I'd never really thought about before that I really like about them is they feel like adaptations, um, mm. in terms of they're making decisions about source material and kicking stuff out in the yeah. way that any adaptation does, and you don't get that anymore. Like no. the whole biological Spider-Man stuff. If that came out now, be like, that's not what Spider-Man does. But, but it's really taking the idea of Spider-Man being like, here's what works for a film. Right. And Punisher Warzone is one of like the last guards of the... It doesn't feel like the formula of the superhero film. It's not a... It, it isn't great. It is It is fun. <laughs> it, it is worth watching. There's a bit where someone is like put an entire circling, revolving thing of broken glass and just gets completely cut up and then can't deal with mirrors the rest of the movie. That's entertaining. Um... A fun story about it, I know that Lex Alexander shot down production for a whole day um, on this film because lighting they had, um, so it was a scene with a leading black actor in it, and I don't know about lighting tech, but lighting tech is built around yeah. white people, and it was right. set up, and they're like, we need to go over this, and she's like, no, it's not set up right, and they're like, well, we need to change our thing, she goes, well, we're not filming today. And they just didn't nice. film that day, um, which is which is which is super hardcore. Yeah, um, and it's how it should be. It reminds me of that time where Goddard said that I think like 
a certain Kodak film was racist. <laughs> um, okay. Hardcore. <laughs> it's, it's a really good quote. Find the, find the Goddard quote about a certain, maybe it's Eastman, maybe it's Kodak, I can't remember. But he talks about how it, how it produces certain colours and how mm. it's, it's, it's a racist film. Scott, film Scott. Interesting. It's really, really, really interesting. Um, so yeah, Punisher Warzone. Watch it. It's kind of fun. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to counteract Stephen's recommendation of a movie that's not great <laughs> with, no, a movie not great. That, <laughs> with a movie that is great. Um, so I'm going to recommend um, Makoto Wada's Roundabout Midnight. So my somewhat, well, I don't want to say, yeah, my, my somewhat reductive elevator pitch that hopefully will sell you on this film is that mm-hmm. it is like uh, Damien Chazelle's Fallen Angels. <laughs> oh! So, so jazz. It is extremely jazzy. It stars uh, Hiroyuki Sonata as a jazz trumpeter who is playing in his club. He finishes his first... He's cool. He's very cool. Because um, he's cool. <laughs> nice. I, I gotcha. <laughs> um, he finishes his first set of the night and he's going to come back at midnight for his next set. And while he's on his break, he witnesses... Well, actually, he doesn't witness, but... He runs into this woman who has just witnessed a murder. The owner of the club that she works at, who is played by June Kunimura, who's also a fantastic actor, um, they have been misappropriating funds. And one of the workers at the club found out about it and he was like, I'm going to rat on you guys. And they were like, well, we're just going to kill you. Direct line. line. Um, So they kill him. And the woman, who is played by Michelle Rice of Fallen Angels fame, um, mm. she witnesses the murder, and then they are chasing after her. She runs into Hiroyuki Sonata, and then they end up on the run from these two guys. Mm. And it's basically like plays out in real time as they oh, cool. try and kind of they want to find the evidence that that guy had to put those guys away, and then he wants to make it back to his set by the end so, of the night. So is it, he's a jazz trumpeter. He's a jazz trumpeter. Is there a scene of live birth in the film? What? I don't know what you're connecting this to. I mean, answer my question. No. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Where is that coming from? Okay, fair enough. Okay. You just carry around his trumpet for the whole movie. It's great. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, is, it's just but like... There is, but there isn't a montage at the end which has actual footage of the baby being born. No. There's okay. not. Still don't know where you're going with that, but okay, I'm just gonna leave it there, I guess. But yeah, highly, highly recommend. How good is the blues? How good is the blues? Yeah, I don't know where is you're it, going with these questions. I can't the blues, answer them. Is it some better? Is it mo better? Okay, <laughs> gotcha. I guess <laughs> haven't seen that movie, so I have no it's context. Got a light, it's got a burp in it. <laughs> All right, now I now I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's my there's my recommendation for this week. If you want to check out a very jazzy kind of cool nighttime Fallen Angels right, Punisher counterpart, Warzone, and then Punisher Warzone. If you want to check that, that you know, out, watch Punisher Warzone. I think you'd like it. It's on Disney Plus. I will tell you right now, I probably will not be watching Punisher Warzone anytime soon. Why not? I'm other. I'm other things I, I to gave watch. you a recommendation. <laughs> When's the last time you watched one of my recommendations? Okay. I, I watched Hardcore. That wasn't a recommendation on this podcast. You watched that for this podcast. You told me it was good. I did tell you it was good, and it is good. So I watched it. Well, anyway. Sounds good. Punisher Warzone. 
Maybe, maybe I'll watch Punisher think, Warzone. I'll give I you that. Like, I think you'd like it. You think I'd like it? All right. Well, that's. Yeah. If I don't like it, I'm going to hold that against you forever. Cool. <laughs> like all right. It. Well, is there anything that you have to plug before you probably fall asleep? <laughs> nice. Good plug. <laughs> the stacks. Listen. All right. Steven's plugging the stacks. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think I have anything specific this week. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about Asteroid City on next episode, I guess. Yeah, I think we will. Um, hopefully we'll have a couple things to talk about on the next episode. Now that we've, we're recording this a bit early, so we'll have hopefully a, a bit of a gap that we can catch some, yeah. catch some new movies. Yeah. All right, well then, Stephen, we'll be yeah. back in two weeks. But for now, I am thinking of ending this podcast. Good. There you go. Third recording, done. <laughs> Part three. Part three. <laughs>